Good morning. Well, I get such an f- awesome job this morning. Um, first of all, I want to welcome you again. It's lovely to see so many faces. Uh, today, we are having a guest preacher, and his name is Kurt Morrell. Morrell? Morrell. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, for those of you who may not know, Today, he is preaching for us because he is here this weekend candidating. A lot of your faces I've seen either yesterday afternoon or last night, um, asking him lots of hard questions. Mm. Of which he Luckily, didn't. some easy ones, too. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we planted a few easy ones yeah. in there. Anyway, so um, he is going to tell you about himself and whatnot. I'm just going to pray. Uh, before I do pray, uh, as you all know as well, we mentioned it. We're having a meeting afterwards. We're going to have a brief break after uh, the sermon uh, there's some food in the back. There's some protein. There's not just donuts today. So mm. help yourself. <laughs> help yourself. And then we're, you know, take potty break, whatever you need to do. But we just want to, don't want to take very long because we want to get down to business. Uh, and I think that's all I need to say. So I'm going to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we are excited um, and thankful. It's been a long journey, Lord. And, um, we see your hand in it, and we really, really trust you, but we just thank you that um, we're ending a season, mm-hmm. hopefully, and we just are um, honored to have a front row seat, Lord, to see how you work. And um, when you're reckless, and when you're caring, and when you're gracious, we are just very thankful. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Hello to those who I have gotten a chance to meet. Uh, some people came to the, l- one, the meeting last night. Hopefully, you didn't stay up too late. Hopefully, I don't have to do any extraordinary things to keep you awake during my sermon. Um, hello to those of you who I have not yet met. I didn't do the clap. That's a, I, there's a, I scared some people last night. Um, so... If I haven't met you, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You got to see my video a couple times, I guess. Gives you a little impression of who I am. Well-curated image of who I am, I guess. Um, I'm Kurt, and I am wanting to join this family as a lead pastor. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, If you... Uh, I've already come and uh, maybe know a little bit about my background. I uh, worked at First Covenant Oakland for a while, and uh, I was on staff there. But we, my wife and I just returned this summer after six and a half years of living in France. Uh, we worked with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which is a, a ministry to university students. So we were doing that and uh, working with students over the last six and a half years. But uh, this is a, a time, a season that we were looking forward to um, uh, moving into something new. And returning to pastoral ministry and uh, getting to settle down for a while back in America. Um, so it's a lot easier for me to preach in English. I preached a lot in French in France. It got easier, but boy, it is a lot easier to preach in English. Um, <coughs> I, I'm really glad to be here with you this morning because it's, it's a culmination really of a, a long journey for both of us. Uh, for, for you, I've heard a bit about your story and, and for me as well. And when we go on a journey, one of the fair questions you could ask is, all right, well, where, where are we going? Where are we headed? And uh, more precisely this morning, we're going to be talking about where is God leading us? And this would be the point where maybe you would expect me to lay out my grand plan for transforming the church, 
bold initiatives I'm going to be rolling out in the days ahead. And uh, if, you, if you came to the Q&A sessions, you might have heard a little bit about some ideas that we may have. Uh, but as I've prayed for Simi, I've been, I've been praying for you guys as I've been in this process and thinking a lot about you. But as I, I prayed for you and for our community around us, I was really led to Colossians chapter 2 which is where we're going to be reading this morning. So if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7, we're going to see that God isn't actually going to be taking us in a new direction, but he's leading us to continue to grow right here in the place where we are. What we need to thrive as disciples and as a church isn't some new teaching that's way out there somewhere, but it's right here. What we need to thrive in the place where we are is, isn't something new, actually, but it's to continue to be more fully who God has made us to be all along. So that's my hope for us, is that we are going to become more fully who God has made us to be all along. Uh, let's, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord God, we ask you to prepare our hearts today to listen attentively to your word and to respond appropriately. May all of our hearts be soft to the urgings of your spirit. We bring all that we are before you now. Shape us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so you can turn to Colossians 2, 6 to 7. Here, I'm, uh, I'll open my Bible. I'll give you a chance. Some of you guys are you're ahead of me already, I think. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That's it. We're just going to do two verses today. Uh, We are to continue to more fully become who God has made us to be all along. Uh, We don't have time this morning to go into all the background on the the book of Colossians, this letter to the church at Colossae, but that's okay because if I do become the lead pastor, I hope for us to study the book of Colossians in the spring. there is some continuity here between what, when we receive Christ Jesus and our ongoing life in him. And, you know, that, that shouldn't sound super revolutionary. Where God is leading us is to, to continue to be more fully who he has made us to be all along. It, it's, it's similar to how when a, a football player receives the ball, you're supposed to keep going with it, right? Run forward, move forward. And as Christians, we, one of the things that that means for us is that we just never outgrow the basics. Paul underlines here that there's, there's no need to move on from Christ to something else in order to grow. He is where it begins, and he is where it ends. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Friends, our, our church is not being called into something new at all. We're being led to be more fully what God has called for us to be all along. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us to live our lives in him? Uh, Verse 7, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So Paul, he's going to challenge these Colossians and, and us as well to have a growing, vibrant faith. And he gives us this image of a tree, I think. It's as if to underline that it's not moving to some new place, but really being anchored where you're at and growing to be more mature where you are. So whether you are a new Christian 
whether you have been following Jesus for decades, your faith, my faith, will grow in the months ahead if we can focus on three areas of the tree of faith. Uh, so there's, he talks about being rooted. Well, that's, that's the roots of the tree, right? Strengthened in the faith, that is like the trunk. Overflowing with thankfulness, I see that as like the leaves or the fruit, okay? So the roots need to go deeper, the trunk is going to get stronger, and the fruit is going to be more thankful. I was going to say more fruitier, but I thought more thankful <laughs> was a bit better. <laughs> okay, so first, it says that we are rooted and built up in him. Uh, so on one level, I, hey, we're, we're all rooted in Christ. If, if, we, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're rooted in Christ. It's, it's easier if you guys just do it. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff's got my back, helping me out when I'm paying attention, not paying attention. So uh, no one can see this. So I'm sorry, a disciple then by definition is somebody who is rooted in Christ. That's, that's kind of basic for all of us. But we're challenged then to think about, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper down. And, and the roots are the part of the tree, right, that's, that's hidden, Nobody can see the work that's being done as these roots push down into the soil. It's the, the secret work of prayer and faithfulness. It's recognizing aspects of our life that are discordant to the life of faith. And then it's tuning those aspects to be uh, in harmony with God. It's, it's the deep work of learning who Christ is. Who, who is this God? You know, for example, we know stories about the Bible, but in Luke 24, Jesus says, uh, he, he tells these two disciples on the Emmaus Road about starting with Moses and all the prophets, he told all that the scriptures had to say about him, which means the Bible is all about Christ. So we can dive in deeper and find uh, in the story of the world and the story of the Bible uh, together to give us fresh insights into the, the beauty of who our Savior is. When the gospel writers speak of being in Christ, it means that, that Christ has brought about this new identity in us. And as a result, we have a new allegiance. We give all of our allegiance to him, and our identity is now rooted completely in Christ. So that means that the perspective that we have of ourselves is also changed. Our perspective of the world is changed. Because, because I, kn I know now that I, I live in a universe that's, that's completely saturated with, with God's love, so saturated that he would reconcile myself to himself at the price of Christ's death on a cross. And I, I, it makes me want to give my whole allegiance to him, to, to press my roots down in him. So our, our identity flows then out of him. Uh, this week, I was talking with my mother-in-law, her name's Carol, and uh, she was describing how she had, she had grown up in a Christian home, but she never felt like she could really describe herself as being specifically sinful. Like, you know, I, I don't do all those, those things, whatever that thing was. She's like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a sinful person. But at some point, she uh, started to go with her husband, and they went to a new church where they got to explore Scripture a bit more. And one of the things that, that I got from her story as she was telling me that was that she started to see herself in the story of Israel, that they were faithful, but also kind of a mixed bag, that there was also this rebellion against God as well that was there. And she said that suddenly she was able to find her identity in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as well, 
Because in the cross, she saw that she was somebody who was also rebellious and resisting God, and that she, like everybody else, needed the forgiveness that God offered in Christ. And so when I mentioned to her actually what we're going to be talking about, I said, you know, wow, when we think about being rooted in Christ, it's our, our identity has changed. And she said, oh, yeah, now and forevermore, I know whose child I am. And we were, I mean, we were just sitting at the dinner table, but she started to kind of preach a little sermon. It's pretty great. <laughs> she said, now, even when I fail, I know that I can go back to the God who loves me so deeply. And we have a new identity. We are God's children now, and we are not shut out. We can always come back to him. I said, ah, oh, preach it, Carol. Come on. <laughs> My dinner table is not always so interesting, but that was a pretty fun one. So in finding herself described by the cross the need for the cross's salvation, my mother-in-law, she also found herself newly and profoundly described by the act of love that was the cross because in it, the Son of God gave himself up for us. So like my mother-in-law, we, you and I, our identity can flow out of this dual reality of our need for the cross. We, we need both the potency of its salvation and the might of of its love. We need both. Uh, we see ourselves anew in the cross, the potency of its salvation and the might of its love. But, I mean, maybe you guys are like me. Uh, my identity does not always flow out of my rootedness in God. <laughs> Sometimes I get caught in this spiral, right, where what other people say about me or what they think about me seems to matter more to me than what God thinks about me. Or maybe the way that I compare myself to other people seems to have more value in my heart than what my status in God is. And so whether it's the, the petty critiques of other people or an oversized view of myself, we are all called to return to an identity that's centered in Christ, in Christ to, to press our roots down into him. So our roots are already there. Let's go deeper. And the question we can ask is, is our faith growing deeper? All right, second, let's move to the trunk. It says, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. All right, in, uh, in verse 6, previously it says, as you received Christ, right? Continue. And then he says, here he says, be strengthened as you were taught. Uh, this is, I, I think it's actually an image of a tradition being passed down. We've been, we've been given this, this teaching about who Jesus is, and, and we are now the, the stewards of that tradition. And we're supposed to strengthen ourselves in that faith. And that means that we aren't just becoming more blandly spiritual. I'm not just supposed to get more spiritual. But our faith is actually connected in a direct line back to the apostles' faith and teaching. It means that there's this, this expectation that our Christian faith, even though it's, it's simple to understand and even relatively simple for us to pass on, it's something that, that we're never going to completely master. It, it's not like memorizing a list or perfecting a recipe or me finally learning everybody's names. Um, I'm working. Like my, my wife gave me the joke, she said, I feel like my SIM card is a little bit full right now. <laughs> working on it, working on it. We, we have an ancient message that is meeting an ever-changing society. 
But our church and, and we as individuals need to be strengthened then by this timeless wisdom so that we can live in the real world, but not to be turned around or confused by its message. A tree has a strong trunk so that it can stand up to the wind, to the forces that are around it. And so we also are encouraged to have this trunk of faith strengthened so that we can face the winds of adversity that are going to blow in our lives. And I think of a couple different types of adversity. There's, there's an adversity of message. The Christians who are here in Colossae, they, they lived in a very different culture than our own. They, they faced, though, similar challenges to us. Their church was a mixture of people who came from Jewish and pagan backgrounds. So in the, in the next verse, just uh, in verse 8 that we're not reading today, uh, Paul tells both groups that they need to be on their guard because they have been liberated by the gospel, but they shouldn't get recaptured then by a teaching which is ultimately empty. There, there were eloquent teachers who would seek to draw some Christians back into a system that was based completely on rules and laws. They would need to have strong trunks of faith to keep connected in their roots in Christ alone to face the wind of that message. But you know what? They were also surrounded by a pagan society. And the message in the wind of the pagan society was to give in to their urges and desires and everything that they felt in their hearts. So the wind that blows one way tells us that everything around, in the world around us is bad and we need to be completely separated from it. And the wind kind of blows that way. And then the wind in the other direction says, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you think. It's okay. It's just your faith is just a compartment about who you are, and the wind blows the other way. I think that we can easily recognize these forces in our world today as well. A faith, though, that grows out of the roots of Christ and that has been strengthened in the faith as we are taught continues us, causes us to grow here in our circumstances straight with, with grace and truth pushing us to be people who can grow straight and not bend. There, but besides the message, there's also kind of an adversity of circumstances. Uh, we need to have strong trunks to be strengthened in the faith to face all that life is going to throw at us. You know, we, we don't get to live in a bubble. We are Christians and we are Christians even when we are low on sleep. Shout out to all the moms out there. We're Christians when we have lost our jobs. We're Christians when we're sick. And, you know, I'm just getting to know some of you. Not everybody was willing to share with, air their dirty laundry with me. But I am guessing a couple things. I'm guessing, first of all, that you are facing a struggle of some kind right now. So it's, there's, there's a challenge, a pain, a sorrow, or a decision that you're in the middle of. And I always know that that's true because for me, whatever was the top thing, when that gets eliminated, the next thing just goes right up to the top, right? But you know what the second thing is? I want to tell you, God is not far away. God is here in the midst of this with you. So the question we can ask is, what does it mean for us to be faithful today, right now, in whatever that thing was that you thought of when I said that, in what you are facing? How do you need God to strengthen you so that you can actually face it? Because there, there are things that happen to us in life that make us question whether God is good. And that can shake us 
in those moments, to tell you the truth, it, it's not a question of whether we have faith that's strong enough to move mountains. It's, gosh, is my faith strong enough to stick around when the mountains move? Things don't always work out as planned, and our prayers don't always seem to be answered. Uh, this Tuesday in my personal prayer time, I read Psalm 93, and uh, it gives this image of the raging seas that are rising up, of this, the world that's bashing against this enormous rock that in the end is actually God's strength. And the message of that psalm is that our life may be in turmoil, but God isn't moved. God isn't shaken by those things. So my question is, have you decided that God is good even when life is difficult? And, and you know what, so far we haven't even mentioned persecution, right? Uh, I, I know lots of Muslim background followers of Jesus. Uh, in, in here in the U.S., we haven't, in recent years, we haven't been asked to pay a very high price for our faith, but there are people around the world and in the history of the church who have been persecuted or killed for holding their faith. And I, I'm thinking of specific people who I know, I know a brother uh, from Yemen who, who died for his faith. Uh, it is, it's sobering, but it's instructive as well. So is Christ true even in hard times and in the face of great adversity? And all right, before we move on, we can, we're gonna go to the third point, but um, before, lest you think that getting stronger is just for somebody who's younger, uh, I wanna ask you a question. When, when is a tree fully grown. Maybe, maybe a bit surprising to you. Um, it, the answer is actually until it dies. Uh, once a tree, I mean a tree does reach a certain height and it doesn't grow any taller, right? Uh, but they do still grow. Uh, forest ecologists with the U.S. Geological Survey examined 700,000 trees and their conclusion was that while trees did stop getting taller, they continued to get wider, packing on more and more mass the older they got. <laughs> I find myself strangely described by that circumstance. <laughs> Here's the funny part. In the article, he said, and we're not talking about the tree equivalent of an aging crowd with beer guts. <laughs> he says, old trees are more like active, healthy bodybuilders. Okay, that's good. We'll take it. So some of us have also been getting wider in many senses of the word. But can we, in a spiritual sense, also grow wider like trees, stronger, more like trees, not just in the other way, too? So can we get to have a more muscular faith? It's, it's funny, you know, we think at some point I've, I've kind of learned enough. I've, I know enough stuff. I know the basics, right? Or, yeah, I even know some good advanced stuff. But can we have a more muscular faith as we walk more years with Jesus? I hope so. Finally, overflowing with thankfulness. Uh, this is an image of fruitfulness. Drawing from the roots through the strengthened trunk, now coming out in the leaves and the fruit. This is a tree bursting with thankfulness. It's funny, you know, why, why is it bursting with thankfulness? Paul could have easily said something like, abounding and doing good things, right? In fact, elsewhere, he tells people, he urges them to live a life worthy of the gospel. Ephesians 2.10, it says, we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. 
And even earlier in the same book of Colossians, he says, he prays that they will understand God's will so that they will, may live a life worthy of the Lord, Colossians 1.10. But Paul chooses specifically to highlight thankfulness. Why? And perhaps it's because a posture of gratitude is actually more, more basic than right living. I, I mentioned that I've worked for many years with Muslim people, and I will tell you, many of them lead exemplary lives. I've met people who are nicer, better people than I am, right? But they are not motivated by thankfulness. They're motivated by duty. They're motivated by fear. And they're motivated by a desire for reward. And sometimes I let myself get motivated by those things too. But as Christians, you know, I, I want to honor God with my life, but I don't want to do it as a way to try to earn his love. Really, as Christians, our, our life that we live for him is actually a response to God's love who loved us first. This God came into a broken world, like we just sang, specifically to save us. And so Christians are thankful people. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more we could say on that. I think that could be a whole, a whole sermon. Probably reserved for a late time in November, perhaps, something like that. <laughs> Uh, so, speaking, uh, we got to press on. Uh, you know that I, I lived in France before, and uh, it is a land of many wines in France. Uh, in France, people will speak uh, of a wine's terroir. The terroir. This is a, I promised I was only using one French word today, terroir. Uh, a terroir is a, is a description of all of the conditions in a place. So it's like, what is the slope of the hill? Uh, what is, how does the wind blow in that place? Does the sun hit it strongly in the afternoon? Is it, is it kind of a cool place, all that? And of course, it also talks about the condition of the soil. What is the soil like? And so the terroir, the idea of it is, is that you can literally taste where a wine comes from. And here in this passage, we are told that we are rooted, where? In Christ. We stretch down into him in ever deeper ways and soak up from him the nutrients that we need. Christ is our terroir. We are made of that soil, and our fruit is supposed to taste like him. This thankfulness that springs from our life in Christ you do taste like the soil that you're planted in. Does your fruit taste like Jesus? All right, well, what are some things that we can do to go deeper, get stronger, be more thankful, fruitier? Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be by forcing ourselves to just be more thankful, doggone it, come on. And it's not going to be to beat ourselves up when we get blown around and we aren't being very resilient. Thankfulness and resiliency actually flow. They're manifestations of the invisible roots. So the question is, am I rooted in Jesus? And can I press my roots deeper in him? Maybe you are realizing as I'm talking that you've allowed your identity to uh, be traced by something other than the amazing, self-giving love of God. 
So there's a recommitment to seeing ourselves now anchored and rooted in him. Uh, maybe in this Advent season, you know, it's, it's so wonderful. There's lots of wonderful parts of it. Um, but it can also be a really sad or difficult time. We can draw strength from our roots and see ourselves a bit more stout spiritually. And we can stand firm. We can also think about our solidarity with other believers around the world who are going through persecution and trials and temptations, and we can pray for them as well to be strengthened in the faith. Or maybe it's more a question about blooming right now. Maybe in this frenetic season, you, I, I want to give you one of the greatest gifts of all. You can take a posture of thankfulness. Just, it, you know, it's guaranteed to give you a breath of fresh air in the midst of everything to say, you know what, I, I want to take a break from all my lists and the shoulds that I have right now and just for a minute to turn off the motor for a bit and find refuge in a, in a moment of gratitude. I hope that that can be a good break for you and for me. So we, I began saying, where is God taking us? From Colossians 2, we can say that he wants us firmly planted right here where we are. There's a continuity between what God started in us and what he's going to do in us in the future. Little acorns turning into great oaks of faith, we pray. So if our church is rooted in Christ and built up, strengthened in the faith as we were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, we're going to bring God glory. We're going to be able to face whatever comes, and we're going to be a light in our community. Maybe so. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that we... I get to be taught by it. I'm, I'm thankful that it's not dependent. My life isn't dependent on me. I am rooted in you. I pray that you will strengthen me and strengthen us. Clearly, this church has been through a lot as well, and they have shown that they uh, want to be connected with you. And I, I hear a lot of that fruit of thankfulness overflowing. May we be people who taste like you uh, in our community around us today. Amen.